on the next episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Well, today's episode is a takeover of Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company in Olney, Maryland. I grabbed several of their selections <laughs> on a recent road trip uh, back home and brought them back for my little buddies here to try the Lone Oak Brewing, the Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company beers we'll be trying today are Dortmunder Export, a German Lager, Deep Root, a Milk Chocolate Porter, a Czech style Pilsner called Hometown Crew, Lone Oak Lager, which is a light American Lager, and the Lone Oak Maybach. And if time permits, we'll have a bonus beer, bonus beer. or two, maybe three. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Hey there, I see you. I see what you're doing, but stop that. I want you to sit down with a beer. And go wash your hands. <sighs> well, there's alcohol in the beer. It'll clean everything. Yeah. Well, welcome everyone to another suds segment where good beer meets really bad radio. And we've all been there. I'm one of your hosts, good old gal Juliana, and joining me today at the table is good old boy Kendall. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> good old boy Mike. I'm just simply standing here in the lovely bucolic fields and staring at this wide blue sky. Kumbaya. <laughs> That's Kumbaya. boring as f***ing all get out. <laughs> See, I knew that Dave would have something for that. That was nice. <laughs> wow. That's that's very pretty. I apologize <laughs> to the people of Maryland. He's offended. <laughs> Already. It only gets worse from here. Yes. Did we even say anything about Maryland? Not yet. yet. Not oh, yet. We will. Okay. So, okay. Old Bay. I'm getting a whole. I'm getting a And it's a bucolic. So yes. okay. they probably picked up on that. All right. Fine. Good old boy, Drew. Hi. Nothing is safe. Nothing. <laughs> Not even me. Send help. Good old boy, Dave. I turned around and slipped in my own pee. <laughs> <laughs> Same field, different place. Yeah. Is that it? Is that how that it goes? It's money quick. I was yeah. like, that was just breakfast this morning. Yeah. We, we wanted to know how you were. Oh. I think that's the definition of bucolic. You're just standing in your own piss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, today's episode is a takeover of Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company in Olney, Maryland. I grabbed several of their selections 
<laughs> on a recent road trip uh, back home and brought them back from my little buddies here to try. Good old Dave, why don't you tell us a bit about Lone Oak? Okay. Wait. So first off, oh, geez, if you live in a town that's called Only, how many times after every single time somebody well, asks you to... It's not Only, only. it's Only. I know, but how many times... <laughs> yeah, you're you're spelling that thing out every single time somebody asks you for your address. Mm. Yes, there's no way you would naturally spell that O-L-N-E-Y. No. Only. Yes, there'd be like two E's or an I or... I'll need to get back to you on that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm going to give that to you, but I'm sure he was a wonderful gentleman they named the town after. So, uh, all right. Uncle Fire, Arnie. Fire away there, Drew. I didn't mean to interrupt. All right. Oh, Dave. From ground <laughs> to glass with a view. I will tag in uh, Drew here in a second. Lone Oak is not just a brewery at a farm. Rather, it's a farm with a brewery. It's 28.66 acres of bucolic. Bucolic. I had bucolic once. <laughs> Fields and streams, a pond, and wide open spaces. Isn't that a song? Can he, can um, he say that on the air? I guess we just did. Wide just did. open bucolic spaces. Okay. All right. It's wildflowers <laughs> and wildlife. It's crops, barley, and hops. Who that rhymes. And berries and hay. It's been raised to produce uh, honey. Whoa. It's uh, unicorns. Wait, no, that's sunsets and a majestic pre-Civil War oak tree. It's our brew house, carefully built piece by piece by world-class craftsmen using local lumber for the porch post beams and bar. It's a tap room that feels like home. A little bit of all of this is infused. Is this in a each brewery or work woodworking class? Craft beer. <laughs> Go group. That's what I, was I thinking. just have to say. I love the alliteration. You know, when when Chris and Charlie Miller met Ralph and Ryan Mollett, the Miller brothers knew that they had found the right partners. They were very alliterative for the farm brewery project they envisioned. So the Mullet shared the Millers' values, hard work, and entrepreneurial drive, loyalty, and like the Millers, they prioritized family, friends, and faith. They also liked beer. I, I'm glad that they did, because I also like beer. The Millers and Mullets combined those values and passions to make their dream this reality. Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company. Welcome. We're glad you're here. What's interesting, if you look at the photos, is that both of the Millers have mullets. But the mullets do not. So are they? Do having, the Millers have mullets? And the mullets have Millers. So they're it's having to spell top. two things. <laughs> Maybe so Miller Lite. They have to spell their town, and they have to say no. It's mullet. M O L L E T, not M U L L E T. Does Although, it matter? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, does your stuff still arrive? Look, you know, you're dealing with Mike. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, but you know, I have like this whole scene of like a fife and drum marching through a field, you know, and hearing it, and they're marching through these bucolic fields. If you know what bucolic field actually is, send us a note. I'd like to know exactly what kind of beer would you pair with that experience. Zip it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if I may say something quickly, it is really gorgeous out there you're driving through like a one lane road to get there and once you're there it's just this beautiful space the brewery is it, it's so pretty it's like if you've ever been um 
near Cooperstown to Omegang. Yeah, to Omegang. It's a special brewery within like a special space, and this is just like that. I think oh, it's just full. Oh, of- oh, oh yeah. I just think it's full of people that spell stuff like, hey, I'm Mike, M-I-K-E, like all day long, you know, it's not like two E's or anything else, you know. Perhaps it's the Maryland accent that does it. You Maybe. know, and, 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 you know, they spell it how and, they say it. And Kendall's it. about to bring home the Maryland accent. Well, yes. Speaking <laughs> cool. of which. Yeah, we'll figure good that out. Good old boy, Kendall. Why don't you give us today's lineup in a specially prepared accent? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of practice, I let's understand. See. Let's uh, let's just pretend this is what people from Maryland sound like. Western mm. Maryland. Go Western That's right, Maryland. Western Maryland. Yeah. Up in the mountains. Oh. The Lone Oak Brewing, the Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company beers we'll be trying today are Dortmunder Export, a German Lager, Deep Root, a Milk Chocolate Porter, a Czech style Pilsner called Hometown Crew, Lone Oak Lager, which is a light American Lager, and the Lone Oak Maybach. And if time permits, we'll have a bonus beer, bonus beer. or two, maybe three. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? Okay. Great job, Kendall. Thank you. Thank I felt you. like I was in Western Maryland. I want that Maybach. Good old boy, Drew. Why don't you give us a Suds rating? Should have spelled some of those. <laughs> I know, right? Look, you invited him over. I think that was you. Wow. <laughs> wasn't me. You lost that rock, paper, scissors. Are you serious? Uh, I'm, I'm keeping it together. Keeping it together. We'll be discussing and rating these beers with these Suds ratings, plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Number four, a body should really not make that sound. And number five, listen to that hang time. Give me another. Thank you. That was nice. All right, let's get to it. First one we're going to talk about is the Dortmunder Export German Lager. 5.6% ABV, classic German lager style, balanced between complex maltiness with noble hop aromas and a mid-range alcohol level. Can I get some like serfdom or like peasant hop aromas? Hey, Mr. Beer Wizard. What's a Dortmunder lager in, uh, you know, real language? Talk, talk beer talk. I, I, to me, a Dortmunder lager, if, if I would try to explain it, imagine you start with a Hellas and you kind of amp up the, uh, the malt bitter. malt character more and add more hops too. like a lot of export beers um, with traditions in Britain. This one was hopped a little higher than most. Mm. But, you know, it really... I'm getting a lot of hot bitterness off this, and it, and it's I mean, probably one of the more bitter German beers you're going to find. I mean, this is borderline like uh, you know English bitter, mm-hmm. you know, but it's got a big, big malt body to stand up to that. But it's 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 one of the bigger of all the German lagers uh, that that isn't that doesn't go too dark. Very toasty, very. You don't bready. find a lot of craft breweries that make this style. No, I it's think. really rare. I would say the one most people know is from Great Lakes. Yeah. Yep. They're Dortmunder mm-hmm. Gold, but other than that, I don't know of any other common examples that you can probably find on the store shelf. Probably got to grow up on a farm. To or maybe that's why I was thinking that you know I have like the song of the Edmund Fitzgerald playing through my head, so maybe that was it. Is the Great Lakes, yeah. you know, 
beers that I sat down. I had a Dortmunder, and I'm mm-hmm. crossing the streams. Sure. I need to sit in the bucolic field a little longer. Probably. <laughs> Keeping with the bees, I would say this is bracingly bitter, almost. Uh, it, is. it is. I mean, this is like, it's not even a, this is like ESB, you know, IBU space, I yeah, think. I'm enjoying it. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. I, I almost wonder, are they sell, Are you selling this to an IPA drinker? Like, here, try this. You could, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. And like a lot of other German beers, to me, this has never been a crushable one. I couldn't sit and put away three of these like I could a good Hellas. Because mm. it's going to be a little too much after a little while. I don't know if I'd want mustard and pretzels with this. And I always want mustard. I'm going to say pretzels. this is not to style. Sorry. I think it is to style. I think, I think it is. Yeah. It's yeah. too bitter. No, I, I mean, that's what a Dortmunder should be, is bitter. And I think this is perfectly bitter. I, I like their choice of hops they use because it's just straight, you know, bitteringness. It's, there's no fruits. There's no aromatic-y things. There's, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of fuss or muss. If we drop Mike, you know, back, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, when this had to be shipped around the world, he would like it once the hops have fallen off and it doesn't really taste like beer anymore. Check me. So just checked real quick. IBUs on this thing, according to the BJCP styles, can go up to a 30. And I mean, you're talking. Oh, that is way above 30. This Uh, is. I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be like hanging 80 or 90. No. We'll have more discussions about this beer and others in just a minute. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. We're hanging out in the bucolic fields of Olney, Maryland, and we're drinking some beer from Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company. And most of us are enjoying it. Okay. Yes. Most of us. I will repeat my comment that we I had at the break. This is really just an ESB that doesn't have a good theme song. Okay. <laughs> so. What we're talking about is the Dortmunder Export German Lager from them. Now... For the uneducated, this is not a common style of beer. So you're In talking the mic, right? <laughs> and for those of us around the table, the only one that we could remember distinctly would be one from Great Lakes. So that being said, I think this is a gorgeous beer for what it is. I like it. Mm. Yeah. I think this is a beer you serve to a brother-in-law that you don't like. See, I'm going to agree with Kendall. <laughs> Not Mike, because I like this beer. Really? We normally agree on a lot, but I, I will disagree with Kendall in that it's not crushable because mine's Come already away. gone. Well, it, I finished I ca- mine too, but there's an astringency to it that made me want to keep going back to it. Like, okay. yes, it's bitter. Sure. I'm not going to go pound one by any stretch of imagination, but it, it disappeared pretty quick. Even uh, even the gentleman who doesn't seem to like it is almost done with this. <laughs> hmm. Very interesting. No, but I like it for the simplicity of what it is. It has a nice malt backbone. The hops that are used are not what we've been doing. We're drinking a lot of lately. Mm -hmm. So this is almost refreshing to me. Yes, is it bitter and it's a little sharp at the end? Sure. But it does fade off then and it's enjoyable. And I could see it with a lot of German style foods, you know, and also American foods. I, I think it's great. I think it would go great with seafood. Give me a cheeseburger. And I'm going to rate it a four, and I'm not going to care about that uh, guy in the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting out here in the bucolic field. Nobody you know, puts a baby in the enjoying corner. Enjoying my goldfish. You know? All right. We'll put Mike there. Yeah. Let's go to. Is that the penalty field? 
Let's go and find our deep roots in the milk chocolate porter. Okay. I see what you did there. Uh, thank you. This one is 5.8% milk chocolate porter finished on cacao. Mm, it smells so coffee. To me. Yeah. Oh, oh it's yeah. there. It's going to be the cacao. The sweet mm-hmm. and bitter on the tongue. I'm getting or a little bit nose. of just Hershey's bar. Yep. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Like that cheap milk chocolate. By the way, if you haven't figured it out, we're actually tasting these in real time. We didn't taste them in advance, so you were getting our Ooh, like un- unfettered, sometimes unthoughtful like uh, review. I was about to say, the milk chocolate Hershey bar was not a ringing endorsement, but now you it, like it. I'm it good. The flavor is good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with Kendall. I'm, it's a really balanced, mm. really creamy chocolatey. It's drier yeah. than I expected. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In a, in a good way, obviously. You, know, yeah. you get that little bit of chocolate sweetness thing right at the front, and then it just, the little bit of hops in this thing kick in, balance it out, and boom, and it finishes dry. It's like a quick drive right up the Hershey Highway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, that chocolate. I mean, from, I'm talking about the chocolate. From Olney to Hershey's probably not that far, yeah, right? right. Dave, yeah. we've Clearly, so you're been banned from discussing the Hershey Highway. Yeah, I mean, there's you only know, you know, like one there were. It's only, only at there one were, end. It's only you know, uh, one exit away. There were injunction you know, filings. You know, I had to plead through this. You know, we had training. Um, you know, there was shock therapy. Yeah. You know, ascending, seriously. ascending or descending. You know. Hmm. Oh my goodness! Please depends don't on your um, alignment. Well, I like the the complete package around this uh, milk chocolate stout. It has a great finish. I love it's a the, porter. It's I, not a stout. Uh, that's what I just said, right? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, how about Mike's that? Mike's on top of his game today. So, uh, yeah, I would say this definitely crossing over between a, you know, milk chocolate stout and porter with this is really going to be, tough to distinguish other than i would say that kendall could do it this is not going to have the same viscosity and it's not going to have the same body and sugar component and uh, to me i like that mm-hmm. it's a really good porter yeah it i wouldn't it's close to pump, bumping up against a sweet stout mm-hmm. but i feel like a sweet stout's going to give you a little more body yep. a little more mouth feel a little less there. of that roast yeah. well, as, as actual beer judges at the table at least one um yeah, it's true. At least one. <laughs> well, the difference between a stout and water is it? It's is like it, it's not that different. It's just sweet. It's it's almost just a level of degrees. So, Drew, I rate so the like full. here's the deal. Okay, when we talk about beer judges at the table, like, and you look at those two, like one of them is almost like Savant. like a, sur- a Supreme Court justice, and the other one I'm is just, like Judge I'm, Joe Brown. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, who gets better ratings? Judge pairs, and I you know? am the balance in the situation. So yes, I just lean in. I just lean across the table and go, I don't like it. So <laughs> you know, I rate every beer in single digits. That's that what my true. Is. Yes, I'm guilty of that. You're not worthy again. Um, Get thee to a nunnery. You know, Sell your gear. I don't think this is a very common style, you know, porter, because most porters are you're not really dumping a whole bunch of lactose in them. And I think that I actually like the. Again, this is a very, you know, good, complete, well balanced uh, beer. I I like this. You know, this might actually be something I would serve to the same brother in law to say, boy, that Dortmunder was something, eh? <laughs> so, wow. So Juliana. As a dark beer enthusiast, what do you think? I'm 
a big fan of this. And the reason why is the average porter tends to be a little watery. It'll be, yep. it'll have that like coffee bitterness, but it'll be watery. This one has a really nice mouthfeel to it. A little slickness at the end, pro- you know, from the milk chocolatiness, but really well done. And I'm, I'm jazzed about this brewery already because these are two styles that, okay, well, the Dortmunder, you really don't see a lot. So yay to that. But the Porter is something that you don't see a lot because people would just rather brew a stout and be done with it. So to have this, it's nice. It's really nice. And, you know, fall weather, give me more. If I could get them. Oh, yeah. If I could get them on the show, I'd, I'd, try to extract a promise from them to never ever put lactose in this beer please never doesn't need it hmm. yeah oh there isn't any lactose in this you think i don't, I don't I think don't know. so i know it, it says milk chocolate. i was looking at the can no. to see if it said lactose i there's another there's other ways to get the sweetness without lactose it's yeah. not the go-to okay. but i just feel like there's a little slickness on the tongue that lends me to I think that there, some, might there might be a hint of it but i don't know they did put it in they didn't put much in it yeah right yeah which is they showed some control, so which is great oh. in this day and age. Jeez, I didn't know Mike had that many fingers on his hand. <laughs> wow, we are going to rate the Deep Root Milk Chocolate Porter a four. Look, it's a good beer, you know. Um, I, I, if it's a good beer, then I will rate a good beer well. Well, well. Okay. Welcome good. to my hometown. Yeah. Let's go to Ooh. the hometown crew, Czech style Pilsner. This one is 5.5% ABV, smooth and malty with a bit of herbal hop kick. Traditionally brewed in lager for three months to allow the local Pilsner malt and small batch Saz hops to shine. Herbal hop kick. Is herbal something you normally use as a descriptor when you... Oh, I would Generally? on this one. Yeah. Well, for, I haven't tasted for it a yet. Czech Pilsner, right? Yeah, for right. those Sots hops can really add a, either pepperiness or a big herbal note. And I'm getting a huge herbal note on this one. But yeah. you get a little bit of that peppery spice, too. Oh, yeah. Which and, is nice. Yeah. Oh, this is a nice beer. God almighty. I'm not part of this. Mm. Yeah. You see what we, mm-hmm. we mean now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like if you took the best parts of a Ricola lozenge. And put it with a really good beer. This is a lot. I know that going seems on. weird, but yeah. For a for a check, you know, pills, which I usually think of them as being a very simplistic style, and you're, you know, you're really looking for something that's incredibly straightforward. It's a beer, beer, you know. And this has a lot going on. It's, it's a yeah. little more complex. The malt character, of this I would say, is more uh, complex, more bready, more just a little bit of there's even a little bit of that toastiness to it it's it says they use a local pilsner malt so i'm curious like what kind of variety that is how did they how did they how was it kiln it and all of that because it does have a lot more flavor i think than a lot of czech bills i think it's a tad bit too bitter um and i'm oh god now i'm gonna have to agree with mike (laughs) i mean i don't like i like it when i'm drinking it i just think it the bitterness lingers longer Mm. than i would like it it does you know is that the flight like coming off of a chocolate, a Dortmunder, or, and a, nah. a more. I don't think so. I mean, I, if no, anything, if anything, mm-hmm. the porter would have kind of washed any of the Dortmunder away, 
And then, but this is just, like I said, like this is a good Pilsner, but it's just, it's like more than a Pilsner. And and I don't really want a Pilsner to be more than a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be. That's what I'm saying. A straight up easy, don't don't ever, so, let's, let's not linger in us agreeing. Okay. Let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> this, okay. We've, we're going to accept it's happening, but we're not going to acknowledge it any anymore. This just makes me want to sit next to an ocean and eat some oysters, maybe some you know soft shell crab or something like that. Like when when uh, yeah. first thing I read with herbal, I, w- I was going to make a joke about old day seasoning, but uh, mm. I, I do think this would hold up with a wider variety of foods than yep. normal pilsner. Like I yeah, I think the thing that's interesting about this is it has the malt flavor you expect yeah. a lot of times from the Czech pills, but it's almost got a hoppiness of a German pills. Yeah, um, and so you're you're getting a little bit of both in this one because they they tend to be a little softer, but this one's pretty assertive in the bitterness. Yeah, it is. You know, if I had to uh, try to pick some of the things out of the Ricola, you know, um, cough drop, it's it's like a rosemary and lavender seem to be kind of the predominant things that are in the middle of this that are, it all depends on, you know, how you're wired, which is you, you know, you either like the unique component, you know, that that brings to the table or you're like Dave and myself, which is I like a check pills to be very fairly one dimensional. So, uh, you know, I, I think that would, I would definitely have this with uh, a pretzel and some heavy beer cheese. For sure, mm. is what I would uh, probably you know that pair this be with because yeah. you need something that's going to cut bring some in of this, cut some of the bitterness in yeah. this. And this isn't a beer you sit down and drink all by itself. You need to pair it with something. Yeah, yep. good food. I think there. I think good cheese. Yeah, like like what you were saying, like nice, just to kind of cut through some of that. You know, that bitterness. Not nice. just pairing it with good company. Maybe no, just walk and stand no. out well, in the bucolic fields. Stop yeah, being so wholesome. So. I want to know what Dave thinks is good cheese. Is that just anything not in a plastic wrapper? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that because <laughs> no, no, sometimes no. good cheese. I would you hit the desk bell. Dig. Okay, that fine. is it. Aww. See, I Kendall scored. <laughs> you know what? You know, right. I liked you. Well, I mean, <laughs> sort of. I've been sitting close. Are you talking double wrapped or single wrapped? <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't say anything that's not in a can. So, so we are going to rate the hometown crew. Czech style Pilsner A3. I think it's story time now. <clears throat> oh. All right. So the headline from New York is Oh Hiss, New York man charged with putting several reptiles in his pants. What? Yes, you heard that. I've heard of trouser snakes before, but that, I have well, that's so what many we're questions. talking about. So a New York City man has been charged with smuggling three Burmese pythons in his pants at the U.S. Canadian border crossing. Wait a second, three, three, a, a python party in his pants. There, mm-hmm. there Ooh. are like ten million Burmese pythons in the Everglades. Why do you have to sneak one into the U.S.? Exactly. Yeah. But Mr. Calvin Batista, 36, is accused of bringing the hidden snakes on a bus that crossed into northern New York on July 15, 2018. Importation of Burmese pythons is regulated by an international treaty and by federal regulations listing them as injurious to human beings. Batista of Queens was arraigned Tuesday in Albany on the federal smuggling charge and release pending trial, according to a news release from the U.S. attorney. An email seeking comment was sent to Batista's lawyer. I guess the lawyer did not respond. We don't have anything else on that. But the charge carries a potential for a maximum sense of 20 years in prison 
and a fine as high as $250,000, according to the federal That is one very expensive snake. Very expensive. I wonder, is, is that two fifty per snake, probably? Oh, yeah. I want to know, is 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 this the snake on a bus? Is this the prequel or yeah. the sequel to Snakes on a Plane? I'm tired of all these snakes on a bus. <laughs> but it says the Burmese python, one of the world's largest snakes, is considered Was a Samuel vulnerable species. Was Samuel Jackson in this? <laughs> and invasive in Florida, where I it threatens the Samuel natives. Samuel L. Jackson will said, play yeah. this guy in the movie they make about. Mr. Batista's adventure on the bus. Well, so first off, I absolutely am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt of not even knowing this, but this was an idea from a Canadian. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I just don't see, any, like a I don't see anybody from were New these, York going, you know what? I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to come back with a snake. <laughs> you know, so. Were these baby Burmese pythons? No, no, no. They were full grown. Oh, I mean, Bur- Burmese pythons can get do. really big. I mean, I like mean, 20 just, feet. What's the you process? Know? Do you like duct tape a python to your leg or wrap, something? Wrap it around. Do you, you know? do you feed it snacks on the way so that it doesn't chew on your leg? Did, do, you put, uh, do you put a little snake muzzle over its did head? Did all of the women on the bus really want to sit next you to this guy? Because, lullabies? Like, wow. <laughs> Is his, was his fashion choice gray sweatpants? This guy's got a lot going on down there. I will feed you later. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep. Go to sleep. (laughs) I mean, how do you break the news to your friends? Do you call them? Do you text them going, hey, man, I'll be there with the snakes in like 15 minutes. You know, is is there a a code? Is that a Burmese python in your pants or are you just happy to see me? Well, and I have probably been back and forth across the Canadian border no less than 50 times. And I think that's what I'm I'm like. And Mike has never had anything in his pants well, on any of those trips. There, there <laughs> might have been some beer. But, we disavow all knowledge. You know, um, yeah, I disavow anything that I just said. Um, he only brought back maple syrup in his pants. It's like, unless Ew. you're coming on and off a plane, you know, and like going through customs, but I mean, you can drive across the border and walk across, you know, in like a thousand places into Canada. Why did you have to choose to do that on a plane, you know? If it was a plane, or did it did it say. It was a bus. It was a bus. A guy rode a bus from Canada and still managed to get caught with snakes in his pants. Oh, God. Where do you put that on your resume? At the top? And I have to say, having been on buses a few times, that was probably not the most interesting or weird thing that someone had in their pants on that bus. Mm. Really? Yeah. How would that conversation go with, you know, your spouse? <laughs> Bunny, honey, this is how we're going to make the big time. I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to bring back the snakes. Yeah. And she goes, you go for it. You, you can it, do buddy. it, Johnny. <laughs> Don't call me from jail. I think of all the people that are making pizza, you're the one to bring this home, man. <laughs> you're going to get us out of this rut, <laughs> you know, for sure. I would, but like you know, in the grand scheme of federal crimes, you know, snake pants, snake smuggling. I don't know, man. It just well, does interstate it lacks, commerce, right? It lacks yeah. some of the the grandiosity. I mean, you know, when your I mean, friends and family surround you and going, "Oh, we're so proud." But it says there's an international treaty. So did what? Everybody at the UN get together and talk about snakes? No more snakes. No more snakes in your pants. Correct. They're like, hey, hey, guys, we've got enough Burmese pythons. Well, it wasn't that the snake was in his pants. It was just that it was a Burmese python. He could have just hung it around his neck and, you know, he didn't have to shove it into his pants. He would have been, you know, (laughs) hosed either way. So you assume like if it was me and I got caught, I would be like, oh, I have a lot of assumptions for you. Sir, I. uh, (laughs) 
These pants. These snakes. I think you trained this individual. These, these snakes forced their way into my pants. Um, I'm, and here is PowerPoint slide number fourteen. Yes, I'm you a should hostage. do this kind of duct tape. <laughs> these, these, snakes, <laughs> these snakes have threatened me. Make sure the head is down close to your ankles. You know. It's like, <laughs> Wait, you you're talking about the snake? Yeah, right. You know. I just can't imagine being that comfortable. Yeah. You know, like, at least with a girl, she could have a skirt. Like, she could sort of, like, hide a pouch. You guys don't have a lot of wiggle room, do you? <laughs> well, well no. maybe he was wearing really, on the guy. Wearing really bag. Maybe, maybe he, he was, wearing, was wearing a skirt. Maybe he was wearing parachute pants. Oh, much like MC Hammer. Many such this. I yeah. just want to know how this guy got in this path. You know what led up to it. MC Hammer could have had like twelve. Well, we'll snakes. be right back in just a brief minute. Welcome back, everyone. We are in the bucolic fields with uh, the some, snake with some pythons now, and uh, we're we are I like doing, some more beer out here. Yeah. We're doing a brewery takeover today, folks, of Lone Oak Farm Brewing Company in Olney, Maryland. This next beer that we Wait, are going- Wait, how do you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> That's boring as f***ing all get out. Wow. Okay. Next beer that we are going to talk about is the Lone Oak Lager. It's a light American lager. 4.2% ABV, light American lager, brewed with bloody- Butcher corn, which is a local corn. Mm, that sounds appetizing. It smells appley. I want to say I've had whiskey made with that corn. Yep. Jephthah Creed is made with Bloody Butcher. There's uh, a uh, Buffalo Trace beer, uh, um, Buffalo Trace uh, whiskey that's made with Bloody Butcher. You know, this um, ain't bad. This ain't half bad. It's a light lager. I mean, yeah. and they really almost nailed the macro style light lager. I mean, this kind of not. I'm not meaning this in a bad way, but it kind of reminds me of Bud Light. It's really, really, really light watery. body. It, really yeah. watery. It does but taste it, like something. Oh, though. this is natty. Mm-hmm. It's got a little flavor. What's the ABV on this one? 4.2. It is yeah. super pale. It's like yeah. one of the yeah. palest yellow beers I've ever seen. Crystal clear. I mean, this by go, the style, they nailed it. But this, it's just this style is not one that appeals to well, this, to me, because there's not a lot of a super crushable. I could put away a six pack of this. Sure, you know, like a keg. Well, this just looks like my urine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for the uneducated that come to a brewery and don't know what to get, you know, <laughs> yeah, having an option like this, but having a good, I don't think option it's nice like to call them uneducated. I would order this. So like I, if I was sitting outside and I, I was would hot. Say somebody, you know, you take your Uncle Jim to a craft brewery when you're visiting family. And, yeah. he, and he, go, he walks up to the bar and goes, I want a Bud Light. You know, they hand him one of these and he'd be happy. And be like, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, so I can provide a little bit of background. If you see a product, either a whiskey or a, a beer in it, has this bloody butcher corn, you, it's not probably what you're thinking of, which is. Um, covered yeah, in blood. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. So uh, this variety of corn is indigenous in the United States. It is considered an heirloom varietal, um, and it goes through a variety of changes. So the you know the corn does start out; it's white. Um, it is harvested sometimes as even uh, white corn, even though it's a bloody butcher variety. Then it actually moves into being yellow, just like you know yellow corn is. Um, but then the last stage of it, it actually gets red and kind of, uh, oh. um, 
And it actually has a bit more of a thicker husk uh, than some other varieties of corn. And uh, so it's usually harvested really late in the harvest because it has to go through, you know, kind of all these cycles. From a taste profile, um, Bloody Butcher actually has, I believe, lower uh, sugar content than more varieties of corn. And so... From a yield perspective, as it's used either in whiskey or in this case with beer, um, you actually have to use a lot more bloody butcher uh, corn to get the same yield to get the okay. same yield or the same element, you know, of uh, whatever dextrose it is. Yeah, to, you know, gotcha. so that the yeast can work through it. So you're going to make the same amount of alcohol with, say, GMO corn versus bloody butcher. You're going to use maybe like 30% more bloody butcher, you know, to make the mm-hmm. same yield. And that yeast really works for that corn. That's one reason this beer is so dry and light because yeah. it just chewed up every bit of that corn sugar. Yeah. And I think that that is a very common taste profile of bloody butcher as well. It's not as sweet. So it tends to dry out and there's, uh, I don't know, um, well, some of the other products I've had with bloody butcher, there's a, uh, almost like a, a bitterness uh, component to it um, that you don't find in some other varieties of corn. Yeah. Okay. It's very unique, very distinct. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I think it's nice, though. I like you know? it. I mean, for what oh, it yeah. is, it's well made, I think. Absolutely. I, I think this can only be served in 20 ounce cans or higher. <laughs> so, sure. Well, it always harkens back to the discussion that I have with people you know, who are quote unquote, getting into beer and they're like, oh, Budweiser's garbage. Like, well, no, Budweiser's not garbage because it takes a lot they to just, brew it. It serves all a, the, right. they it serves a purpose. wash it over beechwood yeah. age and take all the flavor well, out of it. And to make, <laughs> well, so, but, but to make exactly. the same beer at all those facilities, different places, blah, blah, to nail it's a impressive. style. This is something I would hand to a drinker of that beer and be like, here's a real. This is a beer beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. And I think for all the live events that they have at the brewery, this is like a perfect gateway. It's well you made. Know? You know, yeah. this is definitely one of those things you can screw up very easily and it could be way too sweet. Sure. How many of, yeah. this, how many of uh, these yeah. have we had that have been way too sweet or yeah. they're just washed out Not and good. watery? This is very well balanced. This is very well constructed. Yep. You know, there's a lot of skill by the brewer. Yeah. Easy to yeah. sell another tap in the restaurant. I'm like, I'll put this on your Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. The guys are going with four. Okay. We are going to rate the light American lager a four. I said the guys. Was my thumb sticking out? All right. Let's get to the one that I'm kind of jazzed about. And this would be the Maybach. Mm. I love me a good Maybach. Um, 6.8% ABV, the official beer of Spring Tidings. It's a traditional strong lager brewed over the course of three months for a smooth, malty, and balanced German-style lager. Interesting. Mm. I love the color on this. It's like a big old cup of caramel. Oh, it's not that. It looks like that, maybe. It but. looks like that, but it is it is not nearly as sweet as I expected. No. I'm just saying it's got a nice little caramel flavor. I'm not saying it's like so, too sweet. No, it does. Well, yeah, you're right. You're, Somebody you're says right. Maybach to me. I know, I'm I know, expecting right. I'm like right. this super fresh experience. You know, I'm I'm expecting something distinctive that says you need to drink all of this right now because you're not going to get this like next month or the month after that or anything else, you know. And I like the front end of this taste profile. You know, I, it just kind of gets lost at the end you know for me and 
it has a nice creamy, you know, kind of mouthfeel to it. Um, and like I said, I love the on-ramp. I just, I don't like the way that it finishes out. It loses, loses you somewhere along the journey. Yeah. It's almost like it needs more sugar or something on the back end. It's just, it's finishing out nearly like a lager, kind of drying or dry, dry or drying is how I would describe and, it. Yeah. It does have a, a drying finish. Oh, I don't And, and it's, it's. A little more bitter than I would expect this out of some of my I'm, I'm enjoying it, but yeah, I think they're they're maybe turning everything up to eleven a little bit. But there is definitely a bitterness that that helps dry that out too. Yeah, I'm just getting a huge amount of caramel, and I'm trying to figure out like where it's coming from. It's the I get sugars. I get I get caramel sweetness in the front end, which sure I get that sometimes with my box, but the ending still has this caramel sweetness that's just not not working yeah yeah it's not not just just getting the sweetness as much it's almost like a piece of dark bread or even dark bread crust like a nice multi-grain bread it's just it's got that rich breadiness maltiness to it but it kind of rides all the way through Mm -hmm. then then it's bitter and then you're like Eh. This is something I would pair with a really good spotzel or uh, even a poutine, something that's uh, very, mm, yeah. you know, what I call yeah. very potato forward, something sure. that has a lot of starch sure. in it. Okay. Um, maybe bringing some more sugar around to kind of balance this out. But yeah, in the hails of uh, my buck, I don't, I don't think this would cut cut it for me. Okay, so it's not traditional, and they're kind of zhuzhing a little bit with it, but. That's fine. I just can't decide if I like it or not. Like I keep drinking it and it's like, oh, I like it. And then I'm like, "Ah, I don't like it. But uh, no, that's really nice. I Uh, would, I would probably, if I was at the brewery, maybe have a a pint of this, enjoy it, but I probably wouldn't order another one. Yep. I'd move on to something else. I know it's 6.8% at least. I think it's kind of like the pills. It feels that. And like Mike said, like if you had some food with it, you know, and you were like using it to wash down some food, I think it would be, you know, it'd be. A lot better, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Well, we're going to rate the Maybach a three. And we do have time for at least one bonus beer. Bonus beer. We're going to go with the Flip Coast West Coast IPA. 6.8% classic West Coast IPA inspired by and brewed with their friends from Flipside Gastro. Super dank, piney bitterness uh, with the malty backbone. (laughs) Heavily hop with oh. Eldorado and Citra. And they also yeah. put this on cask from time to time. Nice. The doctor. It's yeah. a gas station slash bistro. I like the gastro. The gastro. Oh, I thought that's where I booked my colonoscopy. So a West Coast IPA. They put right. you up on the rack. Yep. Gastro. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Turn me over. Mm. Yeah. Definitely the aroma is totally there. Man, a, that is a dank city. Ooh. All West Coast. Holy cow. Mm. Wow, and eleven, it, and it's old school bitterness. I was gonna too. say this it's is the like, one like pull the enamel off your teeth. Where yeah. okay, if you're gonna have one that where the bitter rides out to the bitter end, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this is where you would want to do it, and it does it. This yeah. is green flash all the way. Yeah, it really reminds me. I know. I'm telling you, some very yeah. old school West Coast IPAs. Yeah, this, is, this will strip this the pain off your man. But I like this because oh, yeah. they're... Oh, yeah. This is to style. Yeah, yeah. This, this is. This rocks the house. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just interesting. Holy. Interesting is a, a subjective thing comparison. You know, this is to style because it's in your face, because it's. Oh, yeah. You know, totally. All the rest of them w- were at 11, and we were like, well, is this, is this Dortmunder really good? Is this. Right. You know, but this one at 11 is, is acceptable. Why? Um, it's so true to style, mm-hmm. and it's not like. A, you know, just kind of passing by and saying, I'm flirting around with the idea of making a West Coast IPA. No, dude, you made one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It does have that caramely sweetness you expect to kind of hold up that bitterness, and then it just, pow, punches you in the face and keeps yeah. going. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so, what they should have called this, not flip. They should have called it pow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, like, too, there's, there's a certain level of control you want to see. And like you know, we've had these that have been overcooked. And yeah, oh yeah, know. oh totally. But like, but like you know, around some of the ones where we were not as sure about it, it's like you you want to if you're going to call it something, then make it that, you know. But if you want to say it's if you want to make something else, then you call it something else. Um, if I had to be critical of anything, it would be the SRA on this. You know, um, I think of you know good West Coast uh, IPAs as actually being a bit more reddish. Yeah, and this is probably more of a, I think it, a yellow straw hue yeah. to it. I think it yeah. comes down to if it's Thanks, the Jared, old school West long. Coast or if it's one of the newer school West but, Coast. I mean, you know, appearance. <laughs> As good as this taste, yeah. I'm fine. You it, can make it white yeah. for all I care. It looks good in my belly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well done. So uh, I, I really, uh, I think this is. Yeah. yeah. No. Might, this is. Might be my favorite of the flight so far. This is yeah. a five. And this is a really good, good example. Yeah. And I think something I hope that we see a little bit more of is kind of leaning back to that West Coast style. At least I feel like I'm more trying people, yeah, to do that. It. So I, I'm taking away the answer to my question. Basically, is that because it's at 11, because the style is to take things to 11, that's yeah. why it fits versus mm-hmm. the others. And it's also because uh, we said so. Well, as I did, is there an arms race now? Like, well, do you just keep going more so- and more? You know, if I had to pick the things that go wrong with, uh, you know, West Coast IPAs, one is they're way too bitter and not in balance. That is not what happened with the flip. It was good balance. The other thing is, is they get incredibly sticky sweet. Yeah. And, you know, then you're kind of like, wow, this is just fighting with the hops all day long. And you're like, could you just knock it down, you know, like 30% and let the hops sing, man. Um I think the choice between the El Dorado and the Citra here, really good. I mean, I don't know how many iterations they went through the recipe, but, man, they really nailed it. Yeah, this is classic. Okay, we have time for one last beer, and we are going to just, guys, sip something to cleanse your palates. But we're going to go with the Sandbar. It's a tropical IPA, 7% ABV, uh, dry hop with cashmere and sabro. And... um I know this is completely different than mm. what you tasted before, but I've had this one before, and I was like, "Oh, this is nice." It's a tiki drink. Very, a lot of very co- coconutness. Yeah, that Sabro can really bring the coconut. I know, right? And that like creaminess, but mm-hmm. I in- I appreciate and enjoy the brewers for what they did with this because they could have gone off the rails. You know what I mean? 
Mm, I'm getting a full bloat of uh, ambrosia salad. Right? Oh, yeah. It has the whole thing. It has the coconut. has the mascherino cherries on it. The canned pineapple. Oh, yeah. It's uh, straight out of the can. Oh, That's yeah. the only way to do it. I mean, under reggae, man, for this one. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's time to go to the island. Almost a little sweet. But uh, that's uh, it fits that I'm tiki okay. drink. Right, concept. right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. But I thought this was a really good showcase for the brewery and just mm. going from like all these extremes, if you will. Um, it's not overdone. No, no, uh, no. I, I like and it. it could very yeah. easily be that way. Hmm. It could be the same, you know, haze, lactose, you know. Right. I, this is Dave. Really- what do you think about it? I think whatever Mike said was right. So wow, he's that. always wow. correct. I, you've never okay. said that before. Wow. I know. This is. Yeah, I'm going to play that back on a <clears throat> clip. From now Maybe on. I need to get you out of the bucolic field. Yeah. Huh? I think. <laughs> What's the ABV? Um, this is seven percent ABV. We're rating it a four. Is that right? We are. Uh, sorry, we are going? going to rate the Sandbar Tropical IPA a four. Uh, sorry, uh, had, to, had to get it on the books there. No oh. mosaic. Must be why it's good. Kind of an up and down <laughs> fight, you know. And, here, hey everybody, this is Drew's last episode. <laughs> yeah. So, Kendall, what was fight. your favorite man? I think the West Coast. The West Coast, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Kendall. Yeah, agreed. Well, yeah, about yeah. that. Bam. Well, there's that. I think this was a great episode. We went to a Maryland Brewery to get a good West Coast IPA. Go figure. <laughs> West Coast of the Chesapeake. Yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for today's Suds episode. I'd like to thank all of my co-hosts for joining us today. But you can't because they weren't that good. (laughs) But they were. Good old boy, Kendall. Thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure. Please tell us about your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. Woohoo. Good old boy, Mike. Thanks for being here. Hey, come back. Enjoy another exciting episode of Standing in the Bucolic Field of Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I'll ask you to keep on sipping. Good old boy, Drew. Thanks for being here. Why did we let him out of the cage this time? Under duress. Or Dave. (laughs) Good old boy, Dave. Keep tuning in to new episodes of Sip, Suds, and Smokes to see if Dave and Mike ever agree again. (laughs) It's about the snakes, man. Yeah, it's about the snakes. This is good old girl, Juliana. Keep on chuggling. Thanks for joining us again and catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone. Play podcast, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle, at Sip, Suds, and Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands, millions, and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back, join us for another episode, and keep on sipping.
This has been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. Thank <laughs> you.